This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom now. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Mr. Worldwide to infinity, <laughs> you know the roof on fire. We can boogie, oogie, oogie, jiggle, wiggle, and dance <laughs> like the roof on fire. We can drink, drink, and take shots until we fall out like the roof on fire. Now, baby, get my booty naked, take off all your clothes, and light the roof on fire. Tell her, tell her, baby, 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 We're taking it, we're taking it. 
Hey, this is DJ Hippie, Groovy and Far Out. You're listening to 91.5 WDBK at Camden County College in Blackwood, New Jersey. Welcome back to 91.5 WDBK. Uh, my name is uh, Jacob Moriello, and guys, um, it, a lot has happened in the in the sports world, and last week I, I was on vacation and I was getting getting tweets, uh, Bleacher Report notification, us. Uh, Score Center notification. My phone was blowing up last week on vacation, and it it, it was it, it was a great feeling. The NFL is making moves uh, to switch up the NFL to make it more uh, competitive. Uh, I mean, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and the other guys they got traded uh, away from their uh, respective teams. So when you're looking at the uh it, the NHL that they're making moves, the Phillies making moves last week. Uh, I mean, it, it's a great feeling to get to know that that the Phillies are back in contention. I feel like the Phillies could be back into the playoffs this year uh, of how deep this lineup is. And if you think the Phillies are not going to do any damage, you're wrong. I, I mean, I do believe, and before I get into the Phillies, um, Camden County College, uh, our Cougars, our baseball team were was on a seven-game losing streak. Last series was against Rowan College of South Jersey, uh, Cumberland. They lost 17-8, 7-1, and 4-2. And game two, David Gross pitched pitched six innings, let up eight hits, seven runs, six earn earn runs. And then game three, Alec Applebaum pitched pitched five innings, let up five hits, four runs, let up two uh, earn runs. Um, I, I mean, that tells you right there that that's the biggest issue why they were on on a seven game losing streak, and. <laughs> And um, next series will be at home on the 26th at 12 o'clock and at 2. So tomorrow at 12 o'clock and 2. And away on Monday the 28th at Burgeon Community College at 3.30. Please support our Cougars um, tomorrow at at at, uh, Camden County College. And then at, at the away team as well away field as well. So it just tells you right there why our Cougars are struggling to beat teams in baseball uh, because of their pitching. Their pitching is not sustained to beat teams. And and the Phillies, and the Phillies, I mean, they made moves. They made moves where they think that they're going to make the playoffs, which they should. They signed they signed two top hitters in the in the National League, and last year, uh, 
Kyle Schwarber was on Washington last year, NL team. Then he got traded to the Boston Red Sox, an AL team. But let's just keep it to the NL team as as right now. Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, those two guys are versatile players. And I seem like I'm talking about hockey and basketball and football. But let's think about this for a second. Okay, Kyle Schwarber, okay, can play and it can play catcher, outfield, DH spot. So you can slide him in anywhere. If you if you put if you put JT out on first base and and you want to rest Hoskins or put put Hoskins in as DH and then put Kyle Schwarber at catcher, I don't think you know, Kyle Schwarber is going to play catcher, but I'm just saying these are the positions that he played at the Major League level. Also for Nick, he played third base. Then he's he he is playing outfield. He's playing he he can play DH spot as well. So you you can put these guys anywhere in the lineup, and they can produce. And. Luke Schwarber, they signed the Phillies signed him to a to a four year deal, seventy nine million, and tell you what, he's a consistent hitter on the left and right side of the plate. He's a low and middle type hitter, and he hits the fastball very well. Um, with uh, Nick Acosta Lanos, they signed the Phillies signed him to a five year contract, one hundred million, and let me tell you something. By them signing Nick, okay, you already have Bryce Harper in the lineup, JT Wilmuto, Reese Hoskins, Alec Boehm. You already have Gene Segura, Didi. Uh, I mean, you're you're adding already two top uh, consistent hitters in in the MLB last year, and I mean Luke Schwarber had two sixty six last year. Uh, I mean that that was just incredible, or higher than that. I'm sorry. And Nick, I mean, this is a hitter who hits uh, um, off-speed fastball pitchers on every angle uh, on the right side of the zone and the bottom uh, of the zone. And tell you what, that's his that's his consistent spot. What I told you is he consistently hit those areas of the plate throughout the season, and it worked for them. I mean. It, they they consistently made the made their lineups last year better, and that's what you want. Our lineup wasn't an issue last year. We scored runs. Our issue was pitching all around, and we tried to, and the Phillies tried to make moves. Okay, and I, I was trying to think of uh, of the uh, Atlanta Braves. And and the uh, Atlanta Braves, the reason why they won, they won the uh, chip last year was because of their lineup, their consistent lineup that hit hit in the same areas areas in the previous night. Their pit, their pitching, their pitching was. Was just okay. 
uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a shutdown moment. And in my opinion, um, the Phillies and the Braves are similar in some categories of the pitching situation. And you're like, wait, Jake, um, Atlanta was a lot better than the Phillies <laughs> pitching-wise. So so how can you compare the, the Phillies pitching to the Braves pitching? Because let me tell you something. In the category of ERA, the Phillies pitch 18.03 ERA. The Braves pitched 18.49. So I just added up all the pitchers' ERAs. And then for earned runs, the Phillies led up 263 earned runs last year, and the Braves led up 280. And so they are the, the Phillies are a little bit better in that category. But that's no excuse. But that is no excuse of what um, that the Phillies pitching ha- have done last year. The pitching, the pitching was awful. Okay, and let me tell you something. The pitching last year. I stressed this all year last year. I said the Phillies have to be consistent in what they do. Okay? If they throw a fastball in the zone, in the left side of the plate, and it works, keep on doing it until you fail. Don't be switching it up. Because when you switch it up, and you throw a bad pitch, okay, that's where the, where the Phillies break down. I saw it the past two seasons, the COVID year, and last year, the bullpen and the and the rotation were just awful last year, and our lineup, our lineup was just awful. I mean, not awful. Our lineup was trying to work harder than everybody else on that team, and they and when they when the pitchers broke down and the and the. And the lineup had to bring on more workload. They break down, and when you break down, it's it's not it's not working. And so when when the Phillies made these two moves of these power bats, it's just breathing room of okay, the Phillies have to do more work in the lineup. Let's be honest. I mean, the moves that the Phillies made. With the pitching, the relievers, Brad Hand, reliever. Brad Hand signed a one-year deal, six million, and Jerry's Afamilia, an ex-Met player, signed a one-year, six million, and the 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 Phillies signed ex-Dodgers reliever Corey Knubel, one-year deal, ten million. And uh, I'll get to their strengths in a little bit, but but the pitching. I I don't know if these guys are upgrades. Maybe Jerry's familiar, but I, I don't know how good Brad Han is. 
I mean, I can tell you his strengths, but he has to show it on the field. And in, in spring training, the rotation, okay? After, and by the way, the Phillies went over the luxury tax after signing those two top hitters. So just letting you guys know. And the Phillies signed, um, signed Odubel uh, Herrera as well to an undisclosed contract. So I feel like you could plug him into the DH spot. You can plug him in uh, into uh, center field. Uh, you can plug him in anywhere, really. And it, uh, it looks like uh, Jim Salisbury tweeted out and said uh, Odubel is suffering through an injury. Uh, he won't be able to um, play on opening day. Uh, and and the feeling is for the pitching, okay? It's great that the Phillies signed these top two hitters. It's great. It feels good to be... It's good that the Phillies are back back in, in contention. I, I mean, I feel like the Phillies sh- will make the playoffs. But people need to step up in the bullpen and the rotation. And the one guy that needs to step up is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, to me, needs to step up his game this year. Because if he fails again, he's out. Uh, I mean, I don't consider him a number two. And <laughs> you know what? You guys can say, hey, he's they're making him a number two. But that doesn't mean he's a he's really a number two. I feel like I feel like he's not a number two. I feel like he's a number three. So we need a number two starting pitcher. We got Wheeler at one. Two is a question mark. Okay, I, I don't care if Nola's in that slot. He's not a number two. Number three, Arnola. Three, Gibson. Four, Ranger Suarez. And then five, you can slide in Zach, Zach Eflin or another guy. So, Arnola to me... um. In spring training against Toronto, right? Toronto, Toronto is is going to be really good. I mean, they have a talented lineup in Bo Bichette, Albizio, Vladimir Guerrero, and they got weapons in the lineup. And that doesn't mean we don't have weapons because we we do. <laughs> Our lineup could be one of the best lineups in, in in the MLB, but that doesn't mean our team could win. It, I mean, we could score so many runs, and then our pitching is like, okay, um, we can't win today. So, Arnola to me is doing a poor, poor job in 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 spring training. I see, I see a lot of success on. Oh, on his pitches. His fastball is just incredible this spring against Toronto. But he doesn't he, he doesn't know when to switch up and just keep his pitches. Aaron Nola threw, had a 1-2 count against this Blue Jays hitter. Fast fastball right corner Strike. Okay, that's good. One, two, 
against one two a uh, strikeout okay, against that top uh, top hitter one two against a uh, Bo Bichette. Okay, tuck that it, he he like tucked that fastball on the left side of the plate, and, and it was a strike. And then when when Vladimir comes up, it, Arenola had a, had a O two count on him. Off speed, he threw an off speed pitch, middle low to Vladimir, and it, in the middle of the plate. And you know what? That's the wrong pitch because he threw two straight fastballs that, that that were good to the previous hitters, and they were just not able to hit it. And then when Vladimir comes up, you threw. Throw an off-speed pitch, right, right down the middle. And in my opinion, why would he throw a off-speed pitch to Vladimir right down the middle? You know he's gonna hit a home run. So why do you pitch it? I don't care if you throw that pitch, but don't throw it right down the middle. So, Arnold to me. Is a very inconsistent pitcher. He got here in 2016, 2015 probably, and to me, he's he's declining. He's not improving. He he's not he's not a good one start number one and number two pitcher on the mound. He's a number three. He's not good. And then when Vladimir hits that home run, Arnold goes back to the fastball to hitters, and they and they have a hard time uh, 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 hitting the fastball. You need to recognize Arnold needs to recognize what pitches is thrown uh, are thrown to hitters. You need you need to know Vladimir's strengths and weaknesses. And by the way, uh, <laughs> Vladimir. I mean, if you saw what he said, he said last year was a trailer, this year is a movie. And you know what? I would be scared. I would. Arnold, to me, um, I mean, Arnold needs to improve. In my opinion, in my opinion, you need to sign a number two. And... You need to, because if you want to win, and I, I know I told you about those stats, those ERA that the Phillies are a little bit better, but I'm telling you that because you know, because maybe the Phillies are building a blueprint of what the Braves did. Okay, like maybe don't have a great rotation, but our lineup is going to win. So. I'm telling you that because I think that's what the Phillies are going to do. But in my opinion, you need to get that number two. Uh, I mean, you need to. And you're probably going to say, hey, where do we put Kyle Gibson and Ranger Suarez and the number five starter? I mean, I don't care. To me, Kyle Gibson, in my opinion, is he's not good. But Aaron Nola, if he if he figures out what he has to do, 
you need to put players in the proper place in order to win. Okay? And if you're forcing players to be playing in roles where they shouldn't be, you're gonna they're gonna fail. They are. It's just, you know, the nature of sports. If you're in my opinion, Arnola should slide down to number three. But I don't think he's gonna accept that because he's been a number one and number two here or or it, he's considered to be a number one. And if he if they switch it that up, he's not gonna be too happy. So I I mean I guess the Phillies are stuck with Nola in number two. But he's not a really a number two. So you have a one, three, three, four, five at the most. So, um, with with that being said, the relievers, Brad Hand. Okay, let's break down the the Brad Hand's um, situation. Jerry's a familiar why they are they signed here in the first place, and. And in my opinion, Brad Brad Hand, um, Brad Hand last year with the Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Mets, it, Brad Hand did a terrible job with the Blue Jays. He had a seven point two seven ERA, and and with the Mets, he had a two point seven zero, and that's pretty good. And with his strengths, though. It, his changeup, curveball, fastball were locked in with the Mets. Uh, part of the season, I, he just he just locked locked those pitches in this same area, and it worked for him. Uh, I mean, if Brad Hand could do that, uh, he can su- succeed here. So, and with Jerry's with a a familiar, um. It's pretty interesting that we signed an ex-Met player. Um, but let's skip over him and go to Corey Akanubal. He played 27 games. His ERA was 2.45. Innings pitched 25, 25.2. Eight runs he let up. Seven earned runs. Nine walks. 16 hits. And... Um, he kept on punishing batters by consistently placing pitches where they struggle. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, it's just if you put them in the in the most consistent spots, you will you will succeed. If you don't, you're going to fail like the Phillies did last year, and. And in my opinion, um, in my opinion, if if these guys show up to where the the Phillies are expecting them to be, uh, I think the the Phillies could be in a good spot um, in the long run. And Jerry's against the Phil- Jerry a familiar pitched. Um, versus the Tigers in the spring training game, Phillies won seven to two. Okay, the Phillies lineup um, so far has been, you know, scoring a lot of runs in the 
in spring training. Um, Jury just had has strong velocity to the fastball, great command, and it fastball. Uh, I mean, people are going to succeed with fastball, right? So, um, it, if you do that, it, it, you're going to succeed. So against the Toronto um, two days ago, Sanchez, uh, Christopher Sanchez. Um, showed something that I I haven't seen by a Philly. Uh, I mean, it in a long time pitching wise. Christopher Sanchez, I I don't know about him. It, it, he could be a number five for us uh, at most. He's not a top pitching guy, but he can pets the ball. Um, so it was it was zero zero count. And and Santos threw a fastball down down the middle. Um, strike that that was o one, and that and then he threw another fastball, and then he tucked that on the right side of the zone, and then and then o two. Fastball left side of zone. The, the left side of the line, uh, of the zone. Ah. Uh, I mean that's beautiful work. Um, and then against against another Blue Jays player, 0-1 foul middle, three-two fastball outside. Unfortunately, this was a walk by Sanchez, but the fact that the batter almost swung is just it is just incredible. So that so the Phillies need to keep that up in terms of pitching wise. The hitting wise, the the hitting wise, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies, it just to me are are just having guys in the lineup that can play. And um, trying to find where where the guys are, um, but Johan Alcamingo. The Phillies signed him as a minor league contract guy. Their base, he played on the Atlanta Braves for a little bit, and and um, in my opinion, this guy can can hit. This guy can hit. And I'm trying to see where I put these guys in. So you know, he's a depth guy. Uh, John Carmargo, I he's been hitting the ball well. I mean, and I'm I'm just hearing rumors about about I've been hearing rumors about Alec Boehm being traded, uh, potentially being a, a trade piece to grab top pitchers, which is which is understandable. I can't argue that, but at the same time, I disagree with them. Uh, I think. I think if you give up a top guy, and I, I said this before. Okay, I, I mean, I I kind of gave up on on Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, this offseason, and I was like, we need to get a top guy. Uh, I mean, we need to draft draft well. We need to draft quarterback. We need to, and that's not it, that's not solving the issue. Okay, you need to develop players. 
the correct way, and I kind of lost patience with Jalen Hurts, and that was wrong, maybe, honestly. And in my opinion, you need to be patient with Alec Baum. I feel like he, I feel like he's showing signs in spring training at bats that he he has that same eager uh, it, as he did his rookie year. And I'll break down his his at bats later on. Um, so, John Camargo, um, he just he just adjusts. He just adjusts at the plate. Like if he messes up in the plate, oh one, he you know adjusts his, his stance, and he just hits. Uh, uh, I mean, the tough one was he hit a low fastball and he got a double out of that. Jalen Ortiz, you're not going to see him see him at, at the major league level yet, but this kid can hit. He kind of he just. He has great power. He has a fluent hitting motion, and I can't wait until until he's up eventually. But you know, chances are he's it's going to take a while for him to be up since we signed Luke Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and I'll break down their their press conference as well. So I I didn't forget about that. Um, and Derek Derek Hall. Um, he has raw power, and he just he just double the barrel off the shoulder, and swings nicely for for power, and he just hits the ball nicely. And um, for for Alec Bone, a lot of people are just judging Alec Bone um, for p- the poor for poor playing in spring training, which I get, which I get, I. I think people had had success had patience with with um had Aaron Nola with Aaron Nola trying to prove to the city of Philadelphia that he can be that guy that ace but fortunately he's he's not he's not but um Alec Bohm, pitching trade according to Destiny Aluguardo the Phillies could move Alec Bohm to grab pitchers. I I on I saw that they were trying to get the A's pitchers, Sean Media I I believe, and another pitcher, and in my opinion, I mean giving up those those guys for pitching and I understand pitching matters, but if you have a lineup that 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 is deep, it's going to do some damage and you know Luke Luke Schwerber basically said that, and Alec Baum has a rookie year. Um, he was one of the most consistent hitters on that team. In 2020, he came up late. He played 44 games, 160 at bats, 180, 180 plate, plate appearances, 24 runs. He had 24 runs, 54 hits, 11 doubles, 4 home runs, 23 RBIs, and .400 OB, OBP. Slugging .481, OBS. Point eight eight one, so I think I think Alec Bohm needs to be comfortable at the plate, be like he was his rookie year and just swing away. And and at at in spring training he was up it was a O two count, and it it, it was O two and he swung up high left zone fastball, and it, it 
and just he just missed that pitch. But but I'll say this, guys. He he had his head tucked into his shoulder, small leg step, and he just missed that hitting ball. And you know what? He used that same stance his rookie year, and he just he he was just uh, hitting the ball in every angle of the ballpark, left, center, right, right, center, yeah, whatever you want to um uh name the field, but. The point is, in my opinion, if Albaum fails, I think I think John Carmengo could potentially slide in there to you know fit that role. And you know, in my opinion, if you are hitting well in spring training, that that just tells you you're going to make the team. But you need to show these guys that you can do it in in the regular season as well. Um, so. With that being said, the Phillies signed these two top guys, and and Luke and Luke Schwarber, Luke Schwarber um, said this best in his press conference. What what made me um, happy about Luke Schwarber was this is what he said. Looking at the ball club, they are exciting young players and young men. I'm excited. I'm excited to try to help them get the best out of them and allow them to get the best out of me. You try to do three things every day. Help your team teammates win on the field, defense, and the clubhouse. <laughs> that just tells you something, okay? He's worried about helping others. And if, it, if the teammates are saying to Luke, hey, you need to do better, he's going to do better. Uh, I mean... I mean and with the defense, he's going to play defense. But the one thing that interests me is the clubhouse. He's more worried about the connection through the clubhouse than on the field. Because if you don't have any connection and chemistry in the clubhouse and having fun and um, ha- having good chemistry there, you're not going to win on the field. You're going to make mental mistakes because, number one, okay, you don't trust that person on the field. So you need to build good chemistry on the field first. I mean, off the field first. And and the other statement that he said was, the goal for us as a team on the offensive side is not let that pitcher breathe. We don't want, want him to feel comfortable at all. And you know what? By him saying that, that, that just means that the Phillies is, are just... Incredible. At, at it, by Luke saying that, that's a veteran move, and I can't wait until the Phillies stay patient at the plate and show that Luke Luke Schwarber is right. Because if by him saying that, this lineup could could be one of the best lineups in the it in the AO and the NO. The it one of the best in the MLB. So, <laughs> in my opinion, by him saying that, that just you know scares the heck out of me. Um, but Luke, but Nick, Nick, um, I mean, Nick, so Nick, Nick has the Lanos, um, this guy is, is a winner. He made some smart, smart comments, which are, which is good. That's his personality. 
And number two, he has that edge, that positive edge, where he's going to play hard at at the plate every single at-bat. And you can tell because of his attitude at the at the press conference. He just wants to win. And he said Bryce played a part in getting this deal done. So thank big thanks to him. By him saying that, Bryce Harper, okay? Bryce Harper is a guy who is a winner. And and he's really competitive. This this team, this team is um built on Bryce Harper, the, the mentality that he has. By him doing what he did to get these two guys done signings done, and especially Nick, that just tells you that Bryce Harper um is doing stuff off the field as well, helping this team be competitive. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Bryce Harper is is a true player to be built as a if you want to say hey I'm passionate I'm I'm gritty I'm I have the mentality to watch the game I can show up and and tell players what to do and tell them hey you need to do better Bryce Harper feeds off that okay he can handle that and it, by them bringing in these two guys, they can handle this, this, that type of stuff. And and Nick was asked, "Hey, what position are you going to play?" And he's like, "It's not up to me. It's up to Joe Joe Girardi and these guys." And Joe Girardi said, "His plan is to play DH, and will left field. Plan is to play left field, DH, and will keep that third base." Spot open for Nick to play some days. So, with that being said, I the the Phillies to me are going to do some damage this year, but it it starts. Uh, I'm not feeling too comfortable with the rotation. I feel a little bit more comfortable in the bullpen. Um, so I we'll see. I I don't feel comfortable with Aaron Nola as a number two, but. Is he going to prove me wrong? Sure. Um, but after the break, we'll get into the Flyers and what they should. It is going to be a lot of work for the Flyers. So keep that in, in mind. And after the break, we'll get to that. I 
Welcome back to 91.5 WDBK. My name is uh, Jake Moriello. And talking about Bryce Harper and and his w- willingness to to say to the to the owners uh, or John Milton and saying, "Hey, we need to sign guys because what we have in, on the field are not good enough. I took less money so you guys can grab top guys so we can win. And you know what? By by the Phillies and the ownership and by the way, looking looking into next next press conference, Nick Castellanos press conference, Dave Dabrowski um really um said in Really said, I I really would like Nick Gasolanos in the lineup, and then that night he was saying that all, and then he went it, went to the Phillies to the office and he pulled John Middleton aside and said, "Hey, uh, do you, do you, do you have a minute?" And those were his exact words, and John Middleton is like, "Okay, yes," and he said, "Hey, I was thinking we could." do much more to this lineup, I think Nick Nick Castellanos will look good in a uniform. In a Phillies uniform smack it smack in the middle of the field. Or in the lineup. And by the owner by the ownership, John Middleton trusting in Dave Dabrowski and and believing in Bryce Harper, it that's just a winner to me. That is. And looking looking into the Flyers, Claude Giroux. Um, Claude Giroux got traded last week weekend Saturday night. Last Saturday night, he got traded to the Florida Panthers for for he got traded. Um, the Flyers sent Claude Giroux, Connor Bunneman, and German Webstuff in a fifth round pick in twenty twenty four. To Florida for Owen Tippett, a 2024 first round pick and a third round pick in 2023. Um, so, with that being said, wh- when I saw that trade, and before I get into that, I was on vacation last week. Okay, I was on vacation, and I this was when all the news was happening, and I couldn't, you know, get on my Twitter and social media. I I, I wanted a week off. But of course, when I get take a week off, the NFL changes in terms of players switching teams, and Tom Brady returning as well. If you, I'm not going to go into detail about Tom Brady, but wow, just wow about Tom Brady. But with that being said, I was hearing rumors, and I. Didn't get to watch Claude Drew's last game live, but I saw some bits and pieces of the game from Flyers writers and everyone, the fans. And let me tell you something. Everyone, what I noticed with, within the Flyers, everyone was showing some sort of emotion. That, that, that stadium was filled up. For the first time since since 
the Flyers were were in the playoffs with uh, Alan Vignier in the first year. Uh, I mean, that stadium was electric. Everyone showed emotion for Claude Giroux. And you know what? The fans were not there for the for the Flyers themselves. They were there for Claude Giroux. You know what? That's how special that's how special Claude Giroux was. I mean, talking about Mike Richards being the captain before Claude Giroux was announced the captain. I didn't grow up. I was alive, but I didn't grow up watching Mike Richards play as a captain. I didn't see Mike Richards play in his prime. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't really notice Mike Richards as captain. And then when Claude Giroux was named captain, I remember that guy. I remember that guy because he played great. He showed emotion on and off the field, uh, off the ice rink, and that's what you need in a captain: leadership. And and uh, and he was the captain that I will always remember. Not Mike Richards, not not the other guys, Claude Giroux. And when Claude Giroux got traded on Saturday night, I was, uh, I felt disrespect, uh, disrespected by a Flyer fan, uh, by being, as a Flyers fan slash, you know, doing this as a job, I felt disrespected by what the Panthers gave up for Claude Giroux and what the, what the Flyers gave, gave to them. But, a third round pick in 2023, a 2024 first round pick in two years, and Owen Tippett, a, a forward. I, by me looking at that deal, I viewed Claude Giroux. Before I did the, before he got traded, I did a mock draft before I left for vacation, and I viewed Claude Giroux to be higher up in the trade value. I, I really did. Uh, I, and I wasn't really paying attention to the rental part part of uh, of the deals. Because if you are a team and you view a player to be a rental, you're going to let up way less. But what the Flyers got in return was Owen Tippett, who, by the way, if you look at his stats... It looks like he never he's not a good player. That's not true. He played in front of talented uh, other talented elite players on the top lines, okay? What, what what do you expect? Florida drafted well and you can't have every elite player in your in, in your prospect pool. You can't. So, with that being said, I think the Flyers got a steal out of Owen Tippett, who was a forward. And and twenty twenty three, you twenty twenty three third round pick, you potentially could draft another elite guy late in that round because you know because looking at the twenty twenty three um, draft draft um, class, it's one of the deepest class. It ever, I mean, it's the deepest. So, with that being said. I think the Flyers got a winner in this since Florida viewed Claude Drew as a rental player. And by the way, if you don't didn't hear the rumors or whatever, it's just rumors. But in the offseason, I think the Flyers could potentially 
grab Claude Giroux in the offseason. So, I, I mean, I, I hope they do because what they got in return was a rental-type deal. If Florida resigns him in the offseason, that was a complete winner for Florida. Because, because, if, because if Claude Giroux resigns with them, Florida's got bobbed, to be honest with you. Because what they got in return was a rental-type deal and not a long-term deal type um, package. So with that being said, um, what, so in 2010, so my top moments from Claude Drew, um, I mean, what he did here was amazing, and what his, his uh, signature moves were um, a, a, one timer in the faceoff zone. He scored a lot in the faceoff zones, uh, to be honest with you. And that's it. That was his play. It that was his that was his pl- playing style, and it it worked for him. I, I mean, he just pauses in the in the um, faceoff zone. He waits, and then he just slings it past the goaltender. That's why I like and. And in my opinion, I mean, the the other skill that he has was how amazing his deeks were when arriving to the goalie in, in a shootout on breakaways, and his 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 move to the left. If you notice the way he scores, he just like leaves the goaltender on one side of the. Of the net, and then he he just quickly slides, he quickly maneuvers that puck onto the right side, and uh, scores on the right side to freeze that goalie. I mean that's his move. Uh, I mean that's that's what I like out of him, and that's it, that was his 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 um style, and that's what I like. And you know I'll miss that for sure. Um, but the player that succeeded the most. Succeeded the most um, out of <laughs> out of Claude Drew. I mean, I I feel like this player was doubted for a really long time, and I I feel like this guy is starting to prove to prove to the city of Philadelphia why the Flyers drafted him. And <laughs> tell you what, um, Travis Konechny. Um, say what you want, he he can't hold on to the puck. But in the last few months, he's done a he's done a good job. I mean, he's done what he did last night against the Blues were was just fantastic. Uh, I mean the the goal that he scored last night against Blues reminded me of what Claude Drew did. And I'm not saying Travis Konechny is Claude Drew. I'm not saying. Travis Konechny is going to be like Claude Drew. I'm just saying that same type move, that same type move that Travis Konechny did, what brought me back to memories of what Claude Drew did uh, did here in Philadelphia. So, um, so before Claude Drew got traded, um, Travis Konechny um, assists were just unbelievable, and this one assist was um it's just amazing. And the one assist was how 
The two defenders were closing gaps to Drew from passing. Knocks down from two. Two defenders were closing gaps to Drew. And it, they they dropped Drew on the ground. Travis Konechny goes to to the um to that situation. He muscles his way, <laughs> grabs the puck, passes it to to Morgan Foss near the faceoff zones. Claude Drew. Claude Drew gets up, and Foss passes the puck to Drew. Drew does a fake to the left side and then just scores a a beautiful goal on the right side. And that's what you need. I mean, Travis McNagney was improving on the Claude Drew line a lot. And so after he got traded, um, defender defender Robert Borduzzo, um, after he got he, he was t- taking the reins for Claude Drew in the zone, Connecting had enough room because his teammate his teammate Hoggison was coming behind him. The newcomer who was signed to a major league, to an NHL deal, um, it, it was the Phantoms player. Um, Hoggison was tricking defender Bortuzzo because Connecting was in the faceoff zone. Hoggison was behind Connecting, and and that forced Bortuzzo to play. Easy, easy hockey, and try to see what's going on. And then Travis Konechny just, just launch the puck, pass, pass the goaltender onto the right side, and that just reminded me of what Claude Drew did for so many years. Uh, I mean, just amazing. Travis, Travis Konechny was improving um, a lot, a lot. So. With that being said, I, I mean, um, this is what Claude Drew said. This is what Claude Drew said moments, like, a- after Alan Vignier was fired, back in December. This is what Claude Drew said, and I give, I, I took this off of somebody's um, Twitter, a-, a Flyers writer who posted this, I think it, it was Sam Tarcitti. Tarchiti, um, great Flyers guy, by the way. So, so this is what Claude Drew said. We don't have an identity. We we got a goal scored on, and we kind of step stop playing. And that's true. Uh, I mean, that is true. What Claude Drew was trying to say was, and I, and why did I put this into my show is because what Bryce Harper did to the ownership. And the ownership already knows that the Flyers are in a tough spot and they already know that they need to build the roster up. That's why they traded Claude Drew in the first place is to build that team up. But I feel like Claude Drew was sending a message to say, hey, um, (laughs) we don't have an identity. We need help. Because we don't have any players on the top lines. And... I feel like I feel like by Claude Drew being traded, it kind of helped the Flyers and the ownership realize, oh, okay, we need to build a winner. We need to draft well. We need to develop players. So so with that being said, the the Owen Tippett guy, 
okay, that the Flyers got in return. This guy is is very special. Uh, I'll I'll say that, okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this guy is is a young kid. He's my age, twenty three, and I mean, by him doing the moves and w- what he's doing on the ice is just a veteran type guy. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's in a he's a veteran elite guy, and he's in his prime. Which he's not in his prime yet, and it, it, he's just grown. And this guy is what the Flyers need, okay? And I asked this question, is he the guy that the Flyers need? And to me, watching him play the last four games against the Islanders, against Detroit, against the Blues, and I'm sorry, the fourth game is going to be tonight against the Avalanche at 9 o'clock. So the past three games, he's been proving to the city of Philadelphia that he can be that guy to turn this franchise around. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but if I'm the Flyers, I would build around what we have. And imagine, imagine if if the injuries were not were not um, happening, and where this team w- would have been. Claude Drew wouldn't have been traded. D- Derek Brassard wouldn't be traded. Justin Braun wouldn't be wouldn't be traded. They will be in the playoffs, probably in the playoff hunt, trying to win games, and in the playoffs, and all that, okay? But at the end of the day, it happened. It failed in front of Chuck Fletcher's face, and I'm not, I, I'm not blaming Chuck Fletcher. I think he made the right moves, but at the end of the day, you're sitting in that general manager's seat, and you know what? He made this team better. He did, because he got Owen Tippett, and I'm, and I'm not overanalyzing Owen Tippett. I'm telling you the facts, what I see. This kid is very special. If he keeps up up what what he's doing, he can be, definitely be a elite guy. So with that being said, um, I mean, he has a filthy one time. He has a filthy heavy slap shot. That is just, that is just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he just turns plays, he just turns a bad play into a a fabulous play. He creates space, and you know what? He sneaks. He didn't score a goal here, but by bringing the puck off the off the pipe is just close enough to me. I, I mean, if he cleans up that shot and be more accurate, he can sneak. Pucks, he can just sneak sneak pucks through the a tight spot through the net because he's that that good. But okay, I'm not worrying about his slap shot. Okay, the Philadelphia Flyers to me, they struggle they struggle mightily on the first lines because they can't create space or they don't have an accurate shot. Which Owen Tippett has, but the question is, can he create space and can he create tough situations and and pull away defenders? And you know what? What I'm saying these past three games, he's just doing that. Uh, I mean, he he came here, 
no chemistry whatsoever. By the way, um, Morgan Fawson and um, Alan Tippett played played in college or played together b back back then. And tell you what, I I mean, with that being said, I, I Owen Tippett didn't have chemistry with these guys, and he's just doing. He's just. It felt like he feels like he has chemistry with these guys. Okay, if you have chemistry without knowing what the guy's strengths are, I mean, that is just damn good. I mean, that's an elite guy to me. And Owen Tippett, um, to me, um, Owen Tippett was on a power play against the Islanders, the first game that he ever put on put on the Flyers uniform, and he looked like a vet, veteran out there. He looked like a veteran where, uh, I mean, the Islanders defender was sliding off of the Flyers near the, off of Cam York, um, number 53 for the Islanders, pulled off of Cam York near the blue line and was casually, gradually moving closer to, um, to Tippett. And instead of Morgan, Instead of Owen Tippett um, struggling to move the puck, he just does a veteran-type move. He just pulls the puck um, to the other side of and where the defender can't get to the puck and just sneaks the puck past the defender's legs back to Cam York. And Cam York passes it back to, to Owen Tippett, and Owen Tippett had it shot on goal which was fabulous um and the the other time was um was when uh he was in the face-off zone and and tell you what this this guy is just uh incredible in the face-off zone omen tippet muscles his way past his defender Grabs the puck. Grabs the puck. Grabs the puck. Does a move on. Uh, does a move on the, the uh, first defender in front of him, and the defender tried to try to poke poke the puck out, and uh, Tippett is like not today. He grabbed his left skate. He uh, moves his left skate up, blocked this stick. And um, and he just created space from the two defenders, and he had a shot on goal. I mean, it, he just has a puck skills. And with that being said, Owen Tippett to me is a pretty darn good hockey player in Philadelphia. And you know what? So far, he's proving he he could be on the top line for Philadelphia next year, top lines. So, it, it, w with that being said, in the next um, podcast episode and radio show, um, I will be discussing what the Flyers should do lineup-wise and draft-wise. Uh, I'm actually naming a guy for you guys today and who the and what player the Flyers should pick with that first th third-round pick. For an example of what the Flyers should do, um, and with the first 
So, with the first 2023 third-round pick, um, this was so deep last night. Uh, I mean, last night, I was looking at the elite prospects last night, and it was very difficult. Uh, I mean, it was. Because the guy that I wanted was considered to be a second-round pick, but it's a mock draft. So I had to follow that regard. And he and the guys that I'm was looking were looking at they deserve to be in that that mock draft order. And this guy, um, Matt V. Letuko, he's a forward. Um, he had six. He played forty-seven games, twenty-four goals, thirty-eight assists, so sixty-two points. He 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 played the club that he plays on is club. Belarus U18. And um, it, nothing is special about this. It, he could be special if he works hard at it. But what I saw in the video that I watched was, uh, I mean, how good he, he was in maneuvering around uh, defenders. And that's what you need in in a hockey player. Okay, Try to maneuver around players so you can get that puck to the net. And if you get that puck to the net and you don't score, at least you had a shot on goal. That's what I'm worried about. If you have no shot on goals that game, I, I will be worried. I would. Um, so, with that being said, he was in the zone. He, you know, the puck was coming to him, and two defenders were, you know, chasing after him. And he did a fake slap shot where two defenders fell down. And, you know, he grabbed the puck. He skates up and uh, had a great shot on goal after that. I I mean, he was maneuvering around guys. He he faked it, grabbed the puck, and maneuvered around those two guys. And he had an open shot on that. and, And he succeeded on that. So... The last thing that I want to discuss with you guys today is how Rasmus Ristolainen, okay? Rasmus Ristolainen signed a new contract last week. The um, Flyers signed him to a five-year, five years, $5.1 million. And it, seems that it, it seemed a lot, right? And in my opinion, that's the right amount for Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, I mean, I think that it's... Too much, actually, because of the way he's he's been playing lately. I mean, it's not good at all. I mean, this guy is not consistent in the defense in the defensive zone. He doesn't know how to defend a player the correct way. I'll say that, and he made numerous mistakes last week, and and uh, he's. He's actually continuing to do it this week as well. So, against the Red Wings, where they lost 6-3, to three, the first two goals were was Rasmus Ristolainen's fault. And this is a head-scratching head um, move by Chuck Fletcher. I mean, if you want to judge Chuck Fletcher, I would be like, okay, why did you give give Rasmus this 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 contract because he was desperate because his defenseman <coughs> excuse me his defensemen were hurt 
and they were sla- lacking in physical defensemen, and that's why they did it. Let's be real. And so, uh, I mean, last week he just <clears throat> he was he had a great idea. The Red Wings player was was were was a. Uh, Entering the zone, last minute Vistalina cut him off. The puck goes to the to to the boards uh, behind the net, and and last minute was trying to hold on to the puck too long. And Kevin Hayes, you notice Kevin Hayes when last minute grabbed that puck, grabbed that puck. Kevin Hayes was like, "Okay, cool, I can." Turn, turn the Jets uh, to the offensive zone. No. Rasmus Ristolainen held onto that puck too long because he was trying to do a move. And let me tell you something. He should have passed that puck right to Kevin Hayes right away. And he didn't. Rasmus Ristolainen tried to hold onto the puck too long. Number 15 for the Red Wings. Noticed. <laughs> Noticed. Rasmus Ristolainen was doing something. Rasmus Ristolainen tried to do a spin move. Number 15 for the Red Wings locked him, locked him against the boards. The puck um, was loose. The Red Wings eventually uh, scored on that play by number 15. So a huge mistake by Rasmus Ristolainen. And this contract to me is a... a Head scratching move. I'm not going to really um, focus on this on Rasmus Ristolainen because two years ago when Travis Travis Sanheim played awful, I was like, they shouldn't be giving him this type of contract when 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 they had to go through uh, arb- arbitration. And speaking of uh, arbitration, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I forgot to mention this. Signed, it went through, avoided arbitration to um, to Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins got seven point seven million, so that's that's his. Um, so, with that being said, guys, if you have any more questions about my show um, tonight, please please watch the Flyers against the Avalanche. Listen, guys, who cares about the record? At this point, it's a retooling year. But if you're not a true Flyers fan, I mean, come on. You need to be a true Flyers fan. You need to watch the game tonight and see the young talent that the Flyers have. And I'm excited to see Owen Tippett. Uh, I I am. Uh, I'm an Owen Tippett fan. Okay? I I truly am. Um, I will go through the Sixers as well, the Eagles. I will go through the Eagles as well on my uh, Instagram um, sports account, and I will p- please support our Cougars for tomorrow as well, guys. Um, if you don't, if you didn't get what I said, uh, the the Cougars baseball team will be um, playing the Ber- Bergen Community College um, at home at twelve o'clock tomorrow and at two o'clock. At, at the Camden County baseball field, and then on Monday, and then on Monday, the the uh, team will be playing the same team 
at their home home field at 3.30. So please take the time to uh, support our Cougars in that regard. And I will try my best to cover a baseball game t- this year for them. Uh, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to do that. But if you have any more questions about my show, and if you heard every minute of my show, please... Um, if you have any questions, please email us at wdbklive at gmail.com and I will I will answer those questions on next week's show. But please us uh, support our Cougars and my name is Jacob Moriello. I'm from Snake Chat and again, I am the main sports guy here. I'm trying my best to cover the sports teams here, but it's it's hard right now with with the schoolwork, but Again, um, I'll try my best to cover them, and uh, please, you know, support all the Philly teams of Villanova. Even though I didn't talk about them, and they're a minor team to talk about, please support them. They just beat Michigan last night to go further into the playoffs. So please support them as well. Um, but with that being said, guys, thank you, and I'll see you guys next time. You're listening to 91.5 WDBK, Camden County College, Blackwood, New Jersey. Just to watch and fuck to fuck it.